With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is Inside Purple and Gold. All right, back on Inside Purple and Gold. Damian Zutani, Jace Frederick. Preview Minnesota Green Bay. I uh, just touched on the Vikings defense versus the Packers offense, that aspect of the battle. Let's flip the script here, Dane. Vikings offense, Packers defense. We've seen Minnesota's offense have success against Green Bay's defense last year at U.S. Bank Stadium um, when Kirk Cousins was leading the charge. It didn't go as well when Sean Mannion was under center um, in, in week Shocking, 16. Right? Yeah, it was surprising for sure. Uh, but now Kirk Cousins back there. He's got his full array of weapons. You know, the offense totally healthy. Going up against Green Bay's defense, Green Bay now has, you know, they've got, looks like their full complement really on the defensive end. Hmm. It's it's a it's good offense versus good defense. I think this is it's intriguing just from an NFL perspective. How good is Green Bay's defense? How good is Minnesota's offense? Two pretty hyped up groups going head to head here. Yeah, no doubt. And I think like you can just look at the stars on each unit. Justin Jefferson on for the Vikings and Jair Alexander for the Packers. Like that is a good kind of microcosm of how the game's going to go. I think like it's good versus good. Like, you know, how we talked about in the last segment with the Vikings defense and the unproven secondary and the Packers offense and the unproven pass catchers. Like it's the, it's, it's the complete opposite on the other side of the ball. Like Justin Jefferson is elite. Jair Alexander is elite. And that kind of spillover exists like throughout the rest of the, you know, Vikings offense and the Packers defense. So I, I think if Justin Jefferson wins that matchup consistently with Jair Alexander, I would assume he's going to shadow or I'd assume he's going to give more attention to, to Jefferson than, than Thielen and, and Osborne Alexander. I'm talking about like if Justin Jefferson can consistently win on Sunday, I think the Vikings win. I think that's, that's where they're going to gain their edge. I think if he can dominate the way he's dominated in training camp again, in training camp, very, in very non-physical practices, um, no preseason. We don't really know what Justin Jefferson looks like now, um, but we know what he's been throughout his career, right? Like he's going to take a jump this year. If he can dominate on Sunday, like I think the Vikings are going to be in a pretty good position to succeed. Uh, one thing that could throw a wrench in the whole thing, the whole plan is your interior offensive line. Yep. That's exactly what I've written down. Yep. Garrett Bradbury at center. And like, Ed Ingram unproven at right guard. Ezra Cleveland at left guard. Like, it's just someone we don't talk about. Like, he's not that great. Like, no, he's, he's, a, just he's a much be- better, better run blocker. He's not a good pass blocker. Not in my opinion, not by the stats. I don't think he's very good in pass protection. Right. But he almost, you, you almost don't talk about him. And like, you being like, I guess, us as the media and like, like, because Garrett Bradbury is so lacking, like, you forget that Ezra Cleveland is not like this, like Quentin Nelson dominant left guard. Like he has some issues too. And you know, Kenny Clark could just tee off and ruin the whole thing this weekend. That is something I'm extremely interested to follow because like you just said, Minnesota's pressure off the edge on the other side of the ball 
could make Aaron Rodgers so uncomfortable that it renders like that whole area of the game moot. Like who cares about like the fact that Aaron Rodgers doesn't have the most elite pass catchers anymore. If they can get pressure on Aaron Rodgers, like that could throw off the entire game plan from a green Bay perspective. Totally the same for, for Minnesota. If the pocket is constantly collapsing because Kenny Clark is bench pressing Garrett Bradbury into Kirk cousins, play after play, after play, after play, like they're not, it doesn't matter that Justin Jefferson could be the best receiver in the league. It doesn't matter that Dalvin cook is probably going to be utilized in a ton of different ways this, this week and, and, and beyond. We don't know what Ed Ingram looks like. He's been seen as someone who's the savior. Like he went against Javon Kinlaw in one preseason game and got worked out. Like Kenny Clark's going to be licking his chops to go against Garrett Bradbury, Ed Ingram and Ezra Cleveland. They're going to move him around. And, and if, if that interior line can hang up can hold up, like the Vikings could be fine. But if it's, if it's just allowing free rushers up the middle, uh, it could be a long day. Ezra Cleveland is, is like reminds you of a good life lesson. Like if you're not great, just stand by other people who comparatively you're better. Um, and, and, and it makes you feel better. Like we never talk about Ezra Cleveland because he's the most stable member of the interior offensive line. Is Ezra, like Ezra Cleveland a good guard? No, <laughs> I don't think so. Maybe he makes that jump this year. It's possible. He's shown some flashes. Like I said, like he, he's an okay run blocker. Um, he struggled a lot in pass protection before. There's no, no, no saying it won't happen again, but more often than not, by the time he gets beat, his, uh, his, his person his, next to him has already been run. Yeah, over. that's right. So like his guy is just getting two Kirk cousins while he's on the ground because whoever, um, Garrett Bradbury was blocking already got there. And Ezra Cleveland could go, come on, Garrett, what are you doing here? Uh, <laughs> but I'm with you. I think that is the matchup for the offense. Like Green Bay is pretty stacked defensively all across the board. I think even, you know, even the tackles of uh, Darius Aldea, like they'll be tested because Green Bay is pretty good on the edges. You know, Rashawn Gary, um, they've got a lot of different guys there. Preston Smith, like they're pretty good up the middle. Devondre Campbell, gopher product is one of the best interior linebackers in the NFL. Like there there's not many weaknesses for green Bay. And yeah, I still think with Minnesota, with all the weapons they have, like they can win. Uh, we saw that last year, but like you said, like pressure of the middle wrecks, anything for any quarterback, this isn't a Kirk cousins thing. This is a Tom Brady thing. Like if you come up the middle and the interior, you can wreck Tom Brady's day and make him look inept. Like if Kenny Clark is wrecking the day, he's literally like, there's not much Minnesota can do about it. Um, mm -hmm. And it, so it's, it's, and Kenny Clark's one of the better ones coming up the middle. And that is Minnesota's easily greatest weakness offensively, frankly, maybe for the entire team. And so it's best on worst. Um, and it's just, how do you hold up there? And if, if it doesn't go well, like people are already calling for Garrett Bradbury's head. They're already saying like, well, how, how did you not replace this guy? Um, if Minnesota loses week one and struggles offensively and Bradbury is the reason um, it's, it's only going to get louder. I have an inkling that, <laughs> Chris Reed will be the center at some point this year. Okay. Like, I think that is something that the Vikings were trying to make happen throughout training camp and Chris Reed hurt his elbow. I don't think Chris Reed is on the roster still. I think he's an easy veteran cut. If you don't think he has a, a role on this line. And I think the role that you wanted him to fill maybe was if Ed Ingram wasn't ready, like Chris Reed could theoretically go play right guard it was pretty clear from the early in training camp that Ed Ingram was ready or was ready to be the best of that, those options. So I don't think they're, they're great. They're leaving Chris Reed on this roster to just be this like depth 
guard, like a depth guard. You can go find that on any practice squad in the league. Like, I think that there is a real chance that at some point this year, Chris Reed is your star is your starting center. And I think that could be trending in this direction, depending on how Sunday goes for Garrett Bradbury. Again, it's just, there, there's a reason Chris Reed has been snapping the ball in practice. A guy who was brought in as a right guard is now a center. Like, I think there's something to be said that this, this could be something that happens at some point this year. It's absolutely a position where they need at least some kind of insurance policy. And they know that because this is a massive risk going with Garrett Bradbury again. Um, every time offensive coaches, Kevin O'Connell, whoever is asked about Garrett Bradbury, like they don't bash him. They do not praise him. Um, it, it's always like, yeah, you know, he's working on stuff. You know, it's tough. Um, you know, like never have I ever felt reassured that they believe in Garrett Bradbury by listening to their answers. Um, and for a coach speak, that is really saying something. Mm-hmm. All right, Dane. Uh, what's the implications of all this? You know, like obviously every Vikings Green Bay game is huge. It's huge for the fan bases. It's a big rivalry. Uh, but at the same time, it's not always for like a divisional race. And I think even coming into the season, I think both teams probably think they can and should win the division. I think fan bases feel that way, frankly, as well. Mm-hmm. So what is the importance of this one? And frankly, I'm just going to ask bluntly, can Minnesota lose this game and still win the NFC North? It sounds ridiculous to ask that in week one, but I think it's a legitimate question. The easy answer is yes, because like there's still 16 weeks left in the season after week one, but I would say no. Like, I think you need a split with Green Bay to win the North. And I think these teams are fairly evenly matched. I think I'd take Green Bay in a 1v1, like my life on the line, which team's going to win the game. I would pick the Packers. But I think they're close enough that if the Vikings want to convince themselves that they can win the division, they have to take care of home field. And I think if you lose in week one at home at us bank stadium, where you just talk about how your fans are so loud and how it's the toughest place to play. And, and, and all of that, if you lose in week one to green Bay, I I don't think you can just assume like, Oh, we're going to beat them at Lambeau. Like, because they feel the same way about Lambeau as you do about the us bank stadium. So I, I think you need to win. You need to start off on the right foot and you need to kind of establish like, Okay, here we are. Like we're we're someone that you have to actually worry about in the north. I think if you get rolled this weekend, or even if you get beat close, like Green Bay's looking at that as that was probably our toughest game that we'll play in the north this year. Like a week one game where a lot of our guys weren't necessarily at, at full strength, full speed on the road in a tough environment. And and if Green Bay walks out of that with a win, I think they're gonna be feeling great. I think it's realistic to think that both of these teams sweep both the bears and the lions. You could probably, you know, curtail a, a loss in there for each team, just because some things happen in the NFL week to week, but you got to take care of the lions and the bears. If you're the Packers and the Vikings, and then you're just basically going against each other in the North. So long windedly. Yeah. Like I think they can lose the division this week if they don't win because if you're going to split, it's much easier to do that at home, take care of business at home, and then hope to steal one on the road. Um, the Vikings need a win this weekend. I think they will. I, I, I will get into predictions next next segment, but I, I think they have every chance to win. I think that, you know, if I'm, I'm going on the record, I think the Vikings win this weekend, but I think they need to if they want to 
keep their their hopes of winning the, the North alive. So it was interesting because I saw a clip of Aaron Rodgers talking this week and it somehow he got into like the division rivals and challengers and whatnot. And he's like, yeah, you know, I think, you know, Bears, Lions, Vikings, like their fans every year come into it thinking like, hey, this is our year to win the division. And then he like smirked and goes, it usually doesn't happen with, with in my time here. Um, and he's right. Uh, like Green Bay does own this division. And I don't see any way like, yes, there are 16 more weeks. Say you lose this game to Green Bay. What are the odds you're winning in Lambeau? I mean, they're bad, right? Like like Minnesota in, in recent history, everybody remembers that Teddy Bridgewater win where they won the division in week 17, like six, seven years ago at this point. Um, and then like the other time they won was like when Brett Hundley was playing quarterback and, and Green Bay kind of mailed it in on the season. Like it's mm-hmm. really hard to beat Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. It almost never happens. So let's just say you don't do that. Well, if you lose these two games, now you're already starting 0-2 versus 2-0, just on that math right there. And then you have the third game of the tiebreaker. So you need to be three games better than Green Bay in, every, in the whole rest of the schedule. Highly unlikely. Like, that's not going to happen. Uh, so unless you want to bank on winning in Lambeau, which I think is a fool's errand, like I, that is setting yourself up and very poorly, um, you have to win this game. Otherwise, the math just doesn't line up for me. So I think it's like if they would lose this game, I would put Green Bay winning the division at like 95%. Like a lock, Sands Aaron Rodgers getting hurt if if Minnesota does not win this game. And if Minnesota does win this game, then I think you're getting closer to a toss-up, frankly. Um, a lot, I would give them much better odds on Monday with the win than I would even give them right now not knowing the result. Like this is a massive game, I think, as far as probability for winning the division. And it sounds stupid in week one, but here here it is, like, you better start off on the right foot. Otherwise, it's going to be really hard for you to get where you want to go. You know that cliche? I think it's in fantasy football, like the most. is It's where you hear it. Like, you can't win the league on draft night, but you can lose it. Right. Like, you can't win the division in week one. But I think in Minnesota's perspective, you could lose it if, if you don't take care of business at home. Yeah, totally agree. All right, coming back after the break here, we will get into a little bit more awards, bold predictions of uh, and then we'll we'll pick a, we'll pick this Packers Vikings game, which Dane already gave his pick, but he'll get into more specifics. <laughs> 